Here it is. Welcome back to the show. This is the ADF Underground brought to you by All Day Football. What's up, y'all? I am your host, Chris. They call me Chouse. Welcoming you back to another episode. Week two is officially underway. We have a great show for you tonight. And as promised on previous episodes, I will be getting some guests on the show. And I got a good one tonight. Allow me to introduce fantasy football fanatic, super Philly fan from Sojash Picks. I vouch for this guy, man. His football acumen is on point all the time. It's my guy, EJ. What's up, man? How we feeling? Feeling good. Feeling good. I like the intro. My football acumen. That was nice. I like yeah, that man. one. I got to give you some props, man. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. You know, uh, it's been a long time coming. We've been talking uh, on the back end about these kind of things for a while. So it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be a part of it finally. And I know you've come a long way. This is, uh, this is what we've been waiting on, so let's just get to the, get to the topics here. Awesome, man. Glad, Super excited. Glad to have you, man. Glad to have you. So for all the listeners that don't know already, uh, you can catch EJ's picks. He does the point spread picks on the website, on All Day Football's website, along with mine. He's been doing fairly well. His, his uh, record is actually beating mine right now, but I'm, uh, I'm a couple seasons ahead of him, so we'll just take He's that as, as me still beating him, right? Yeah, oh yeah, he's the vet. He's the vet. But uh, yeah, thanks for giving us a shout out there. We are coming along here, just uh, trying to get our foot in the door and uh, put our picks out there and learn from Chelsea and get get that season rolling here. So absolutely, looking forward can, to week two. You can you can find him on Twitter at SoJash Picks. Give him a follow. Give him a follow. He's go. uh, he's good stuff. So I thought we'd kick it off with Thursday night football. We had a good one. A lot of people didn't like it, but I did. I I was excited because of uh, the youngster Joe Burrow. I, I'm, I'm super jacked up about this guy. I mean, I watch a lot of his tape from LSU. Um, uh, his progression is beginning to come, and I know it's only two weeks. I know we got to pump the brakes on everything. But when I watch this man play, the poise just seems to be there for such a young talent. Um, he seems to be improving. Like I, I mentioned to you earlier, we, we were speaking uh, via text, but it was uh, that spin move he made. It was like a <laughs> welcome to the NFL moment. You can't do that. This ain't college, right? Yeah, everybody everybody was screaming, throw that out of bounds, Joe. Throw that out of bounds. Just live to fight another day. You know, All the Philly fans, we've seen Wentz do things like that a little too many times. But uh, overall, I thought the production from Joe was, was pretty on point. Uh, for a rookie to come in, he's got the look of a, you know, like a young baby face, but he, he seems seasoned. He seems like the moment's not too big at all, and he's ready to go. Uh, he looks like he's got older guys behind him that are rallied. They're not looking at him like he's just this young buck. So I'm excited for Joe. I think, I think uh, you know, with a tweaked O-line, uh, a few more reps with AJ, a few more reps with Tyler, he's got a lot of, a lot of promising things coming his way. Yeah, and I mean, Zach, uh, Zach Taylor, the head coach, trusted him to throw 60 passes in that game uh, on Thursday night. So, I mean, he's obviously – the stage isn't big enough uh, – too big for him. I mean, he did it. He, he's a national champion. So, I mean, the pressure's not, not going to fade him whatsoever. Um, but I really want to talk about this game in general. Um, the Cleveland Browns, everyone was down on them after that loss from the Baltimore Ravens in week one. Uh, they got back on track. I'm a Kevin Stefanski guy. I, I, I've been preaching him all offseason. I mean, he's run first. 
Um, he's run heavy, and then he sets up the play-action pass. So the, the biggest difference that I saw from week one to week two was the installation of the rollouts to give Baker that ability to not have to necessarily sit in the pocket all the time. But then he's finding his receivers off the, off the play-action. I mean, that pass to Odell was on point too. So, I mean, what do you see in this Browns team um, so far because I'm still a little bit skittish. I mean, that run game looked great, Chubb and Hunt. I've, we, I've said it many times this offseason. They can both coexist for fantasy football, and they showed that. Yep. Um, uh, what, are you, what are you seeing about Cleveland this year moving forward? What I saw is, is a team that realized that they have two aces. They have two studs in the backfield. Um, as much as we want to give the hype to the, you know, the number one pick, Baker, and try to turn the reins to him, we, we realize that's not the way to win the game. I think Cleveland's kind of established that uh, they're going to – their best offense is going to be through that backfield. So running the ball, play action off that, heavy, heavy run game, pass only actually when you need to, not pass just because you want to. When, when I saw that drive, I believe it was after uh, – it was late in the fourth there, uh, probably midway through when uh, Cincinnati had kind of made it a game again, one score – and these guys just went down the field methodically with, what was it, six, six, seven runs, no passes, down the field, touchdown, took three minutes off the clock, probably wanted to take a few more off. But uh, yeah. that, that goes to show you what the, the game plan is and where, where your aces are. If you can run the ball down the field between two backs and not throw a single pass and put the ball in the end zone, then you know what you've what uh, what you got to hang your hat on. So I think that, that Cleveland showed you that that's what they're probably going to be doing a lot going forward. Week one, the game script probably got away from them pretty quick. Once you go into a buzzsaw like Lamar Miller and mm-hmm. uh, sorry, Lamar Jackson and them, so. Mm-hmm. But uh, going forward now, I think Cleveland's gonna you're, you're gonna see a well more balanced offense. Probably a little more 55% run, 45% pass, and then a lot of that play action. Yeah, I feel and like, like you were saying, both running backs can definitely coexist in that offense. Definitely. Yeah, and I mean, this was this was the biggest problem. I mean, I had I had Nick Chubb ranked as number six in the ADF Playbook Fantasy Football Guide um, this this off season, and I mean, I was all on board. Mm-hmm. What did he have? He had three hundred carries last year. He was he, I think was he a league leader last year? He was like fourteen hundred yards. He was second, I think. Derrick Henry beat him week seventeen. Right, that's right. Title. Yeah, that, yeah, that's right. So yeah. I mean, I mean, how can you fade that type of talent? I mean, and and they bolstered the offensive line. I I'm all in on, on Nick Chubb. And I mean, you can't hate on Kareem Hunt cause he takes the PPR as well. So he's a right. very safe bet in fantasy football. Um, but it was a, it was an interesting contest. I, I did like it a lot. It showed me a lot of what these teams are going to be. I definitely think Cincinnati is on the rise. AJ green kind of, uh, hurt my feelings a little bit. I played him <laughs> this week, three for 29 on 13 targets. I, that hurts. It hurts oh, yeah. big time, and and I mean, so that game was uh, is what it is, and let's move on to Sunday. We have a full right. slate on Sunday. We'll start off with the New York Giants and the Chicago Bears. This is a – I don't want to spend too much time it's because it's one. kind of a, a – it feels like a bottom feeder game, um, um, but Mitchell Trubisky, he looked good. Um, he improved big time. He got three touchdowns last week in the comeback win against the Lions. Um, what concerned me the most was the Giants and Saquon Barkley playing against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He got locked down by the Steelers <laughs> on Monday Night Football. Um, so what are you seeing in this contest? Who are you taking? I know we already dropped the picks on, on, uh, on the article, but who are you, who are you looking at in this contest? I'm looking at the Giants here. I'm looking at the Giants for a bounce back game. I was really, really, uh, I guess I would say I was thoroughly unimpressed with the, uh, the performance of the Chicago Bears outside of that 
fourth quarter comeback. Mm-hmm. They they didn't look like uh, an offense that uh, that looked seasoned with with the skill positions that they do have with Nagy's you know his offensive mindset. I thought I was going to see a little bit more in that game. It took a while for them to get going. There's all that buzz about Anthony Miller's camp, so I was really expecting a little bit more from him. And he did show up late, and he made some big plays, big touchdown there. But uh, I was a little, a little disappointed in their, in their performance. So I'm looking at the Giants to show up this week. Um, I think what we saw from the Giants had more to do with the team that they were going against and the defense they were going against than what the Giants actually are. I believe Pittsburgh is one of those elite defenses. So you, you kind of go up against them, you might get, uh, might get hit in the mouth. So I think that's uh, more of what happened to Saquon than his actual, uh, you know, what to see coming in the weeks to come. So I, I look to them to bounce back, have a good game. I think this is going to be a close game. Um, I mean, I believe the spread has uh, Chicago favored roughly around five, I believe, off the top of my head. Yeah, so, somewhere here, something like that. But uh, I, I'm going with the Giants to either cover or actually pull the upset here. Uh, I do think Saquon's going to have a big game. He's not the kind of kid that, that rushes for you know single digits. So he's. I look to him to come back and put that in uh, at least 100, 150 yards, somewhere in that range. Yeah, and, and I mean, my biggest pain point was, um, it, I mean, it's a new head coach, new system. Jason Garrett is the OC now, and and I want to see more usage. I, I did like how they used Darius Slayton a lot. I think he is the legit yeah. number one uh, to come on this offense. But if, if this offensive line is that bad, and, and they look god-awful against the Steelers, but like you said, I mean, it's an elite defense in Pittsburgh – um, yeah. I mean, if you can't run the ball, I'm almost thinking you, you take a page out of the Patriots playbook and you, you kind of recreate the run in the past. Cause we know Saquon can catch, you can do the short dumps yeah. over the middle, the check downs, and, and that could actually, uh, uh, lift this offense, pull people back in the, in the secondary, no stack boxes. But I mean, the bears defense isn't what it used to be. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. They lost a lot of talent. Um, I mean, they you still, they still they have uh, Khalil Mack. Um, so, I mean, the spread is five and a half for the bears. I think, I think the giants are going to break that spread. I think they could even pull out the upset. Like you're saying as well. Um, Daniel Jones is the biggest question mark for me. He constantly turns the ball over. His decision-making is a problem. Um, he is careless Mm -hmm. with the ball, but he has shown high levels of on point accuracy. So, I mean, it's going to be a good game. I mean, this game is in Chicago. I mean, okay, the fan bases aren't necessarily there, so his home field advantage <laughs> <laughs> really going to be any kind of yeah, marker yeah. now? I, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I think the Giants could easily pull this one out. So I know you were talking about this contest earlier, and you had some, uh, some thoughts on the matter, and I'll let you kick it off. The Atlanta Falcons and the okay, Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. This is one of the better games on the, on the Sunday slate. So For me, you, this one, yeah. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? I think this one's the, uh, the game of the week, and I'll – America's team will have that start as the game of the week, probably when we watch uh, football on Sunday on Fox here. But yeah, for me, this is, this is the game of the week for a few reasons. I think both teams got off to an only one start. Um, Atlanta, not as much surprising considering if you watch that game, you have to, you have to know that Seattle is a, is a buzzsaw. So mm-hmm. that's not necessarily a reflection of them. But if you go back a couple of years dating to that Super Bowl hangover, Atlanta's really that team that just can't afford to get off to another bad start. Uh, that's just how I see them with, with Matty Ice, Julio, the coaching staff, everybody that's been there. Now you're bringing in Todd Gurley, revamped. You're, you're looking at uh, a year that you guys need to bounce back. Coming out 0-2 out the gates, the odds of coming back from that is going to be pretty tough. So I do think they're going to have their best uh, game plan for it to try, to try to pull that game up here. 
Then there's the Cowboys, once again, Rick's team looking at that, that big game. You don't want to come out 0-2. I actually pegged them to win last week, so I was a little mm-hmm. shocked when they, they pulled back that, uh, that, I want to say, a, a goose egg. They look at times like they were going to be the Cowboys with the explosive offense, and then mm-hmm. there was times where Dak and other guys kind of faltered. So I, I do think the game is really huge for them. Plus, we have the issues with, uh, with Jerry. You know he's not going to be too happy with the team going on, too. So I, I think there's a, there's a lot of pressure here. So uh, I'm looking at the, the pressure from the outside for both teams to succeed and perform. Um, I think the game is going to be one of those games where both running backs, all the receivers involved, they're just going full tilt. You're going to have a, an explosive game, a lot of fun to watch. If you have fantasy players, I personally say plug them all in and yep. uh, get ready for a showdown. Yep, I can't I can't disagree with any of that. I mean, you know, when I was evaluating this 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 game, um, uh, not only for the point spread but for fantasy football, so I was I was literally going up and down this roster, both rosters, and they're built so similarly. I mean, I thought that the Dallas Cowboys um, defense was going to be a lot better last season. They they failed me again. I jumped on the wagon um, before week one, and then the Rams took it to them. But, I mean, you got no Leighton Vander Esch. You have no Sean Lee. I mean, the, the secondary looked like they were just missing something big. Like, it, it was like you need to get Earl Thomas on the phone, uh, Jerry <laughs> Jones, because you're missing something big. And, I mean, the Rams were able to just run all over them. I mean, yes, they got ballers in the front to sack the quarterback. Alden Smith looked great. Um, but, but, I mean, when you look at them offensively, right? You, you, you look at both clubs, they are so high octane, high power. I mean, Julio, Calvin Ridley, Hayden Hurst, Todd Gurley. Then you go to the Cowboys, you got CeeDee Lamb, you got Cooper, you got Zeke. I mean, you could go on and on with, with the talent on yeah. these rosters, right? So the way, but Atlanta's defense is similar too. They're, they're, they got Deion Jones, they got uh, uh, Keanu Neal, and then you got Fowler, and, and that's basically it. And, and, and it's built so similarly that they will be very difficult to stop both sides on offense that we could literally see a 42-40 game, and, and, and you're totally on point. If you have Atlanta players, you have Dallas players, you're starting them all in fantasy football. I think you're starting them all. Yeah, I think you're starting them all. So who's your winner uh, in this contest? No Who fears. did you pick? Uh, that, this one was a coin toss for me. So being an Eagles fan, I can't uh, deny that my heart probably played a bit of a role in it because I honestly do think it, it is a bit of a coin toss. Um, I do think Dallas might have a little bit more desperation on their side. Um, but uh, I'm going to go with Atlanta to, to keep the game close. I, I feel like it's a field goal game either way, and I believe it was a four-point spread That's right. Uh, last time I looked. So that's why I went with Atlanta just because I do believe wh- whoever wins, I think we're coming down to a field goal kick here. So yeah, uh, I'm, going, I, I I'm going Atlanta on that. I agree. Next one on my board, I had the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers, the revival of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, this was a game last week. I mean, a lot of people were down on Aaron, and, and I was making the argument on, on another show that it was the system Matt LaFleur had set up to establish the run, to figure out what you had in Aaron Jones, to figure out what you could do on the ground. And now you have that balance. You understand what they are. So now you can open up the pass game. You can open up the play action pass as well. We all had worries about the receiving core. 
um, outside of Devontae Adams, obviously. But, but who was going to step up and be that secondary guy? MVS did a hell of a job. Alan Lazard is looking, looking decent. I, I wasn't a big Alan Lazard backer uh, this offseason, but he definitely made a, made a believer out of me in week one. Granted, it is against the Minnesota Vikings defense, but then now you're talking about the Detroit Lions defense, who is almost a mirror image of that uh, uh, inadequacy. So, I mean, is this another game we see Aaron Rodgers just pick him apart and, and throw maybe three again? If I had to hang my hat on something this week, it's definitely on the Packers uh, giving, it to the, giving it to the Lions here. I was very taken back by the spread last week. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember we had discussed that. Them going into Minnesota, I thought that was uh, Minnesota being favored with that defense and Green Bay coming off that, that season they had last year. They had the hiccup in the playoffs, but if, we, if you take the whole entirety of their season, the, the production of the team on both sides of the ball was there. Now, they just needed one more full season, like you're saying, with the new coaching staff to get, get the intricacies figured out. And uh, I think that was what you got to see a little bit of on, uh, on Sunday there is night. You got a really good team that is another year into a system with pretty much all the same players around them. And mm-hmm. they've added to the pieces instead of lost anything. So I think you're just going to see a team that's just ready to roll. Uh, Detroit, like I said earlier with the Chicago play, they, they came out. They came out firing, uh, and then I don't know what happened in that fourth quarter. Prevent defense, maybe. I'm not sure, but that, that, that was not a good sign. I don't buy that as much as Chicago and uh, that quarterback and offense being elite as much as de- the defense in, in uh, Detroit kind of letting their foot off the gas and letting down. You do that against a team like Aaron Rodgers, and you're giving up 30 to 40 points, so. If, you, if you're asking me who I'm picking, I'm definitely taking Rodgers. I'm definitely taking the Packers. I think the offense is going to explode again, and the defense will make enough plays, give uh, Matt Stafford enough problems to, to keep this in. I'm giving them a, a, at least a 7-10 to point cushion on this game. I think uh, Galladay being out is a big, big hit to that team. Yep. I think Kenny Galladay is one of those players that uh, kind of flying under the radar. He's just under that tier of elite receivers. And Agreed. this was the year that I could see him taking that step to elite. Kind of hurts them uh, quite a bit to see him out. So I can't, can't see them mustering enough offense to keep up with, uh, with him out of the lineup. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, the, and one of the biggest problems that I see with the Lions defense in general is that they just can't generate any pressure on the quarterback. And, and if you're leaving Aaron Rodgers off the turf – this is going to be a massive problem for you all game long. And, and I, it, was, it was there in last game, like you said, the Lions defense completely let off. They looked gassed. And then, like, they had an opportunity, but this is the Lions' curse, right? Uh, DeAndre Swift was in the end zone, <laughs> dropped the ball, a perfect pass, and he just dropped the ball. I mean, Barry just Sanders is still ball. cursing him, right? So, <laughs> But, I mean, when it comes to this contest, I'm with that. I mean, I, I think Aaron Rodgers, again, is going to absolutely blow up. I think Aaron Jones is going to have a phenomenal day. Um, he, he's, been, he's been involved a lot in the pass game as well. I like how they're using yes. him. MVS, man, if, if, he, if he dropped a couple balls, but Aaron Rodgers kept going back to him, which he normally doesn't, um, uh, would I, that's what I found kind of interesting last week. So I, maybe MVS has another big day. I mean, their corners are not uh, to par yet. I mean, Trufant, he, whatever, I didn't really see much of his game. but uh, didn't see a whole lot, no. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, we'll see how he shapes <laughs> out. But it's, it's tough. If you're going up against Devontae Adams, he had, you're going, he had a yeah, hell that's of a what I was. I was going to say you're going against the best. You, like, I did, I did see Hopkins go off, and he had a ton of targets, a ton of catches. But in my opinion, right now, that, that guy is the best in the business. And uh, 
I don't I don't see anybody beating him one on one. Maybe not even two on one. Right now he's he's locked in. Yeah. So for fantasy play, I mean, start up a lot of the top end Green Bay pieces and, and I mean, hope for the best. Perhaps we get garbage time for uh, Detroit. I did. Uh, I did like the Cephas kid, this rookie. He is starting in place for um, um, Kenny Galladay. And I'm a huge Kenny Galladay backer as well. I'm, I'm with that. His his elite. Yes, his elite nature was coming this season and it just that hamstring right before week one totally put a dagger yeah. in my heart. I was, I was crying. Um, but this Cephas kid, he looked good and he took 10 targets. So um, I, I don't envision, okay. yeah, I don't envision 10 coming again um, this week because now he's not an unknown commodity. I could see Marvin Jones getting back in the mix, but I mean, garbage time points here could be very valuable for Detroit fantasy owners. Next where, game I before have, you move on, where do you, yeah. where do you see Swift? How do you see Swift as a play in that game? Just That's that, a good question. I, I've I mean, had a couple of people ask me that as well, and I, I, I've, I've been kind of up and down on Swift. Just in this game or all for the season? In, in this game. Where do you see him uh, in, in, as a play in this game? Ah, it's such a tough one. I mean, you know, Green Bay's defense, I'm still in, in heavy favor. I'm in love with that secondary. Um, I think they're going to keep rolling the Adrian Peterson-Swift combo. I think that on Johnson is basically done. Um, I agree with that. When it, yeah. when it comes to um, usage, I want to say maybe you're going – I'd have to look because I didn't look and see what the usage was from Swift and AP last game. He, he had the most snap counts. AP oh. had the most carries, but Swift actually had the most snap counts of the oh. three backs. And they're saying that that should trend up, whereas on is obviously trending down. And AP, he's – this is my take. I believe for this matchup, he's going to trend up. But season-wise, it's going to be it's going to be Swift's backfield. This mm-hmm. matchup, if you're a Detroit fan and you're looking for some some positives, if there's any hope of you guys winning this game or keeping it within that that striking mm-hmm. distance, I think a whole lot of Swift and AP has to happen. Yeah, uh, Green Bay is still very soft on the run D, so that's where I would attack them. Uh, I think they go early and often with AP and see how that works, and and from there, Swift. That's what I'm saying. I'm kind of up and down. He's game script to me. If the game script is there, he can have a game. If not, mm-hmm. he could be funneled out pretty quick. Yeah, and I, and I like the dual threat of Swift. I mean, I, I watched a lot of film on him coming from college, and, and he, he is that true versatile number one back, three down back, in my opinion. I think he can literally take over the game if you need him to. I think he's extremely valuable in the pass game as well. Um, it's just about finding that balance. It is only week one, no training camp, no preseason. So we had to expect a lot of uh, growing pain from a lot of these offenses with new pieces. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I definitely think that he could have a, a very big role in this game. And if he succeeds, I mean, then, then just keep carrying on with, uh, with uh, Swift all season long. All right. Next one I had, man, was the Minnesota Vikings and the Indianapolis Colts. My man, Phillip Rivers, I've been backing this guy all offseason. He broke my heart and hurt my feelings. They didn't punt, like you said. They lost this game last week. How was that possible? Explain it to me. I have my thoughts, but explain it to me. I, that one is still a head-scratcher for me. Um, all offseason, the, the Phillip Rivers to Colts, marriage we'll call it just seemed like it made perfect sense Mm -hmm. uh for for us football fans and followers here if you've been following the colts they have a fantastic offensive line they have an ascending defense uh they have a fantastic coaching staff 
I am an Eagles fan, so yes, I will say right, Frank Wright is a fantastic coach. <laughs> but if you do watch them and you have watched the, the last couple of years, it, it, the proof is in the pudding. Yep. All those pieces have come together. The quarterback play was the one thing that they've been hoping for. Andrew Luck, obviously, we know what happened with that story. So bringing a vet like Philip Rivers in, looking for his first ring, it just seemed like the perfect match. Then they pick up that beautiful running back that I know you've been in love with, Ooh, Taylor. Mr. Taylor. And it just looks like, okay, you add that piece, T.Y.'s back and healthy. You got, you got an offense here that's ready to go. And I don't know how <laughs> that team managed to, to, to lose to a team that looks like they are fire sailing everybody and, and basically just come to the, the arena, you know, all, we're just here to play, I guess. <laughs> whoever's, whoever's the next man up, let's just play some football. And without even forcing a punt, they, they somehow uh, lost the game. I was shocked. I thought they would cover, you know. And uh, I, my, my words are just, uh, I hope that was just, you know, a flash, just a flash pan. And we're going we're gonna to wake up here for week two and we'll see Rivers and that offense and, and that defense step up and, and show us what they're, what they're trying to do here because they have Super Bowl aspirations. And if you're losing to the Jaguars, you can't uh, have Super Bowl aspirations in your next sentence. Yeah, when you're losing to a team that's tanking for first overall, clearly. And, and Gardner Minshew was the only one basically saying, hell no, I'm not going to tank. <laughs> He's like, you're not going to replace me with the first overall pick. I'm the quarterback you here. You know, that's basically how I, I saw that game in the fourth quarter. He was, he was sticking it to his own team that's looking to replace him next year. Um, but the Colts, <laughs> I mean, when it comes to fantasy football, this is a great contest for minnesota they have their defense is horrific i mean they lost how many in the secondary um uh, daniel hunter is on the ir so they can't stop the run they they didn't generate much in the form of pressure on the quarterback and then we see philip rivers now going back to how philip rivers likes to play i mean he fed naheem hines eight receptions jonathan taylor they said he couldn't catch he caught six and then you had he had marlon mack who had three so here's the thing i mean this is what made austin eckler so powerful in, in la in my opinion um and now he's he's transferring that to the colts and I think this is kind of the, uh, the balancing game we're going to see from Frank Reich. I think he's going to figure out, because I'm a Frank Reich guy too. I mean, Bill's Mafia, he, he, was, he was with us too. So, I mean, I know what there he can go. do. <laughs> you know, he's a very intelligent play caller. Um, but when you see Phillip Rivers, this is what kind of bugged me. And, and I'm, I'm going to watch the Jaguars game as well. We'll jump into that one afterward. But that, that kid, C.J. Henderson, on the, uh, the, that took over for Jalen Ramsey, the, the draft pick for the Jags, he looked damn good. And he was locking up T.Y. Hilton all day long. And, and I couldn't understand why T.Y. wasn't getting open. And then Paris Campbell started making a lot of receptions. So now Paris is on the, on the radar for fantasy production this week. And, and it kind of bodes well because if you kind of mirror what they were doing in L.A. With, when Rivers was feeding Allen over the middle and then he's feeding his running backs with Eckler and company, I mean, this is exactly the same formula that we saw with the Chargers now with the Colts. It's just about how are you going to uh, feed the deep ball if you have it with T.Y. or are you just going to keep it over the middle, intermediate throws, and then nickel and dime with the run game all the way down the field? I think that's kind of the approach I want to see this week. I want to see some progression in the offensive play calling. Um, as for Minnesota, I mean, you got Dalvin Cook. I mean – Kirk Cousins made it made it competitive last week. I think we could have a very tight game, a, a shootout type of game. But I really want to see the Colts defense. This defense is much better than what they played last week, and I really want to see them take a step up. 
Uh, I I couldn't uh, couldn't disagree with any of that. I agree with you 100%. I do think Minnesota last week uh, was trying to game script for Green Bay, mm-hmm. keep Aaron on the bench, run the ball, power O. And once it got out of hand, they decided to open it up. And you did see Cousins and Thielen shine once they opened it up. So they, they showed that they could play that style if they need to. Um, for me, this game, I think, is going to be going to be a close game. Uh, if I have to pick someone right off the top of my head, I think I went with the, uh, with the Colts here. But uh, I do think it's going to be a close game. Yeah, Colts favored by three points. I think I went that direction as well. Next game on my board, I had the Buffalo Bills. Bills Mafia in the house against the Miami Dolphins. So my Bills are 1-0. Josh Allen looked good. I mean, I'm taking all my fandom out of this. This is all analyst talk. But Allen looked good. 71.7% completion percentage. First career 300-yard passing game. He was running the ball. He basically was the entire Bills running game in week one. The only issue, again, with, uh, with Josh Allen is his turnover ratio. He's killing me. The fumbles. At least yeah, he, didn't fumbles. Throw it. Yeah, and he didn't Yeah, and he didn't throw any <laughs> interceptions, which was positive. But those fumbles on the run, he thinks he's a fullback when he's, when he's taking contact, right? And, and this is what's causing the fumbles. But on the defensive side for the Bills, they did lose Matt Milano. They lost Tremont Edmonds. So this could actually bode very well for the Dolphins' run game. Um, I think this is going to be part of the game plan for Miami. You're going to try to control the clock with uh, uh, possibly Jordan Howard. I still I, I want to get your thoughts on Jordan Howard because I don't understand why a lot of these teams are, are, are dropping him down and not giving him the volume. We saw it in Chicago. He, he was able to take over 250 carries multiple times, was nearly a three-time 1,000-yard rusher. He missed the third season 1,000 by like 30-some yards. Why the heck are, are coaches not using him? And what is it that I'm not seeing in, in Jordan Howard? Uh, the Jordan Howard effect is something that I think we'll have to ask the, the Jordan Howard because that one is a tough one. <laughs> he, he was a Philly guy when he was there for the one year. I thought he was extremely productive. He's uh, like you said, every season in, in Chicago's first three seasons, thousand yards, just missed the third season, barely. I've always said that I, I believe he's uh, underrated back. He has great vision. Not, not the quickest guy, not the quickest feet, not the biggest guy, not the strongest guy, but he has a, just enough of each quality to be super productive. And the proof is in the pudding. When he plays, he, he makes things happen. For whatever reason, they just don't see him as a, enough flash. He doesn't do enough, maybe. He just doesn't have enough acceleration. or just There's got to be something that, that the coaches are missing in his uh, – in his tape that they just think he can't be that guy. So he, you know, he just keeps getting that second role. But for, for a spot play like this against a tough team like Buffalo, you're going to need to rely on someone like Jordan Howard. If Fitzpatrick wants to drop back and throw the ball 30 times and try to hit Devontae Parker, that's not going to be the answer. Good here. luck with that. Yeah, that, that's, that's going to get them killed. So I, I would definitely rely heavily on, uh, on Jordan Howard this week to keep this game competitive. Uh, with that said, though, I think Buffalo is like one of those teams that's ascending. They, they took a step forward last year. I believe they're, they're primed to take another step forward this year. Your quarterback, uh, you've been loving all year here, pumping, the, pumping it all season long, Tom. That's what we're expecting. Woo! Week one was just uh, – I think that was just a taste of what to expect from him. I think he's going to get even better. Uh, I still want a little bit more accuracy from him. I still think there's a little, little touch problems there. But yep. overall, with that team, with that offense that they put around him, with his, his capabilities, I think that uh, they just – too much for what Miami has to put on the field. So I, I got Buffalo coming out here. Fantasy-wise, 
Um, I, I want to throw that back at you. I'm definitely all in on, on Josh. I think he's a great start this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of Josh and possibly the Bills D, I'm, I'm not too sure who I'd start 100% in this game. Uh, I think this is a game that's a tough one for fantasy. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I, I, I dove in. And, I mean, so Byron Jones is going to be locked up on, on Stefan Diggs. So that kind of worries me. They paid him for a reason. I mean, he didn't they, – they basically forced Cam to run a lot. I mean, but that was also the New England uh, uh, game plan last week. But, I mean, Byron Jones on Diggs, I, that's a very tough matchup. Then you got Smokey uh, John Brown. He's, he's going to be a very, very highly utilized piece once again. I like how they instituted the screen pass last week. We didn't see that at all so far with Josh Allen, and I'm absolutely okay. loving it. But for fantasy, 100% where I'm going is, is Devin Singletary this week. Okay. I think the, the game plan was against the Jets to not use the backs simply because the Jets, even as bad as everyone thinks they are, they still possess a very sound run defense, even without Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams just brought him over the top. Um, but but, but this, is, this is what the Jets are, are very good at. Miami proved last week with Cam that they couldn't stop him. So Josh Allen is going to be running. He's going to be open up lanes. But I think this is where we see Devin Singletary come out, the coming out party for Mr. Singletary. I think it's, it's going to be both in the pass game. I think it's going to be in the run game. I think they're going to have a commitment to it early and often. And then they want to get up early. Um, but the losses on the defense really concern me. So, I mean, for a victory, I, I'm still picking Buffalo. I'm still picking them to cover. Um, but for fantasy, Josh Allen all the way. I'm putting Smokey probably in my flex this week, and I'm starting uh, Singletary everywhere I got him. Gotcha. Gotcha. Sounds good. Next contest we have is the 49ers and the New York Jets. This one's a mess. Um, <laughs> complete mess. We have injuries everywhere. I heard Big Debo, injuries. Yeah, and I heard Debo Samuel had a setback, and this Ooh. is what I was afraid of. He broke that foot, and, and it, everyone's saying, no, he's going to be fine. It's that, uh, I can't even pronounce it, lisphatic uh, injury. Liz Frank. The Liz Frank. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. For, for a wide receiver to have one of those, you always get that setback. Julio had one. He had that setback for two seasons. Um, this is a problem. So I heard Brandon Ayuk is coming back, hopefully. So that's going to be an uplift. But they lost George Kittle. Um, you really have no one to throw to on this offense of high caliber. I mean, Jordan Reed, Mr. Concussion, is coming back. So I put him on my potential risk-reward start uh, on my start sit this week, um, only because the target share is going to be there. The volume's going to be there. But, again, Mostert's going to be the guy to use. Um, but that's, again, now it's going to be uh, – it, it, does the Jets' defense have enough to stop this ground game? It's, it's, it's possible, but I don't see it. As for the Jets, I mean, Jamison Crowder's out. They got nobody. Lev, Lev is out. Um, basically out, yeah. Chris Herndon is your only weapon, um, to note. I mean, the rookie Shark Mims is Perryman. out. Perryman. I, yeah. I thought I saw him out as well. I don't know he's if he's going to play. Uh, he's Perryman, in. Perryman's starting. Yeah. yeah God. <laughs> Good luck with that. I'm not touching that with a 10 foot pole. Um, let's not spend a whole heck of a lot of time on this one. I still think the 49ers win this game, but it's yeah. going to be a, a, a garbage showing in my opinion. Yeah, I, I see the 49ers covering this game. Um, just a better coaching staff, better quarterback, uh, and a far superior defense. I think they'll just stick to the ground and pound and play defense, not worry about trying to make this one too pretty. Like you said, too many injuries. They can't risk any more injuries. So I, I definitely see them just trying to take care of business easy and very safe, running the ball a whole ton. 
And uh, I see Sam Darnold. Uh, I think this is a quote I heard a couple of years ago. I have, I have a feeling he's going to start seeing some ghosts on Sunday. I can yeah, that, see. That was his I can quote. See, yeah, I can see. I think that I can see that happening to him. I, yeah. uh, I have an idea. The uh, 49ers defense will be a good play this week. Uh, outside of that, I would go with the 49ers run game. I did have Jimmy G as one of my quarterbacks to start. That was before the news that Kittle went out. Yep. So that changed that slightly for me. But I do think uh, if the game script goes right, Jimmy G could throw a couple touchdowns here for you, some easy ones, and just a safe game, no turnovers, no sacks, nothing really crazy. I don't see how the Jets really can be too uber competitive in this game, especially with San Francisco coming in with an 0-1 record. Mm -hmm. Ah, That's not going to sit well with them. I I definitely think they're going to come prepared to give it to them really, really rough this week. So. Good luck, Jets fans, but uh, I got to go with Seth Brown on this one. <laughs> yeah, and I think they're going to utilize the ground game a lot. I think Jarek McKinnon showed me something uh, coming out of the backfield in the pass game. I think that's going to be utilized as well because obviously you just don't have the weapons. You need to pass to somebody. Maybe we see McKinnon actually even play in the slot. Maybe he takes some, uh, some of the role there. I could see that as well. Um, Tevin Coleman, he only carried the ball, I think, six times. And that just, again, Ooh. hurts. I don't understand why they hate this man. I love Tevin. He's got talent. Use him. Why don't you use him? But, but we'll see how that goes. Um, I, I'm taking the Niners, too. I think they're going to win uh, with all defense. I think they're going to create a bunch of turnovers, and, and they could get a uh, maybe fumble or pick six with Bosa coming at them. So next game, buddy, we got your Eagles hosting the L.A. Rams. This is a big one, man. Um, I want to start before you, uh, you dissect this team simply because – Carson Wentz, man, he had to have been in a pool of ice after that first game against the Washington football team. Um, Eight sacks with that fabulous front seven, and now this is almost criminal. They get Aaron Donald and company to come rushing at him. Um, This offensive line scares me half to death. I mean, the Eagles' injuries again have mounted, mounted and piled up. And we got some good news. We got Miles Sanders uh, coming back. He said he's ready to go healthy and he's going to strap on the, on the pads. But, I mean, can they get past this Rams defense with that offensive line? That's my biggest problem. Yeah, this, this, is, a, this is a scary one. Um, Eagles fan or not, I, I think this is a very, very interesting game. Um, there, there's just a multitude of ways this can go. If you watch that Washington game early on, you would say, okay, the Eagles have something that the defense to me in the first half looked borderline dominant. I know they were playing Haskins, McLaurin, and a running game that we all know what happened. Peterson got cut, guys, but all the talk about Peterson getting cut was nothing to do with Peterson. He found a job immediately, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he got a ton of carries, so and he, he, he leapfrogged carry on. So there's some truth to the fact that it might not just be about Pearson. It might just be the fact that Gibson and these other backs are just shining. Right. But uh, yeah, not to go too far off track, the first quarter, first half, it looked like the Eagles D was just holding that whole offense in check. They couldn't move the ball. They couldn't do anything. And uh, it looked like it was the Carson Wentz show that, that I expected. Mm-hmm. And then the wheels fell off. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, literally the wheels fell off. It was from, from early on, they did show that the, the defensive line versus the O-line was favoring Washington. Even when we had the lead, that that showed that that matchup was not in our favor. Mm-hmm. Wentz started throwing a couple interceptions right before half, and then that just – it you could see the momentum and the energy shift to Washington's favor, and then they just started going. Everybody felt like, oh, okay, we, we can actually do something here. 
So with that said, I feel like this Eagles offense, they, they showed you uh, Jekyll and Hyde. They can show you with a banged-up O-line, I think Doug, Wentz, and the pieces that they have on the field with Miles coming back. Thank, thank the heavens for that. We, we, mm-hmm. we missed you, Miles. Thanks for coming back. Uh, with you coming back and with those pieces, I believe you can get an A-style offense, uh, you know, an offense that can hit on all cylinders, can run pass play action with that O-line. Or you can get the, the, type of, the type of offense that you saw in the second half that just looks out of sorts. Uh, no one knows who their man is. There's, there's uh, memes out there of Wentz picking himself off the ground, and there's four alignment 10 so yards away from having a cup of coffee, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So we, we, we're not too sure which one we're going to get, and, and I really don't know which one I'm going to get. But as an Eagles fan, I have to go with the Eagles on this one. If you look at the betting world, they're saying that they don't know either. Uh, I think it was yesterday it was, it was a pick. Uh, now I, I believe the Eagles are favored by one. That's right. So uh, yeah. So you know, I think everyone's kind of feeling the same way. You do. You do know the potential they have, but you do know that they can actually implode and and hand this game right over to a very, very capable and dominant uh, team in the Rams. I was very impressed with both sides of the ball, and I don't want to take anything away from them. I think they can actually show up to Philadelphia and hand hand Philly a, a beat down if they're not ready for this game. The way they ran the ball. Against Dallas, I remember we talked about how we were very impressed with, with the play calling, the sets, yep. the power running that they were doing, and then the bootlegs off of that, yep. simple throws to Woods, Cup, uh, Higby. I think that offense, it's, it's, it's catered to keep the, the ball safe and moving. And then if you, if you get Aaron Donald, those boys hunting that Wentz, oh, look out. So yeah, I think this is one of those games the Eagles better be really prepared for. And if they're not, uh, I, I see the Rams uh, blowing them out. But as an Eagles fan, I'm taking the Eagles here in a close one. Let's say it's a high-scoring 27-24 type game. Okay, okay. I can't hate it. I mean, I am terrified. I won't lie. I'm terrified for Carson Wentz's life. I'm, he is going to be chasing. He's going to be chased uh, uh, <laughs> like I've never seen. I can't even get it out because I'm so terrified for him. He, uh, Aaron Donald is the best defensive lineman in the entire NFL. I mean, I, I, nobody can – okay, if you want to argue it, fine, but I'm not arguing that. I think Aaron no, Donald is I, the I cream. I wouldn't argue of, it. Right, I think he's the cream of the crop. Cream of the crop. So when you're talking double team and potentially triple team with a running back picking him when he's running on his own um, and, and, and what Chase Young and company were able to do in Washington, I mean – you have to have massive adjustments because Miles Sanders or no Miles Sanders, he's not coming in to pick up Aaron Donald on and 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 company <laughs> coming off this this line. I mean, Leonard Floyd looked good as uh, as well. Um, he looked great, right? Looked so great. I don't I don't know why Chicago felt the need to give up on him for Patrick or for uh, Robert Quinn, but but I mean Floyd to me was a, a match made in heaven for this defense. I think now he's the perfect complement that even uh, uh, Dante Fowler was. I think it's even better with Floyd. Um, nevertheless, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think the Rams are predicated simply on the ground game. That's what they were missing with Todd Gurley. When Gurley was playing hampered and injured with that knee, um, this is what they miss. This is what they need. Sean McVay needs that ground attack to set up 
everything for uh, Jared Goff. And then you saw what Robert Woods can do. They just paid the man today, four years, $68 million. They paid Cup big money. I mean, I don't even know how these guys have any cap room, to be honest <laughs> with you. Like, the NFL needs to investigate this, right? Have you seen the stadium? <laughs> yeah, I have, exactly. <laughs> so they're doing some tax evasion going on there. I don't know what's they're, going they're on. They're doing good over there. They're doing all right. <laughs> yeah, they're not broke by any stretch. But, yeah, no, I, I mean, as much as I want to side with your Eagles, I can't do it this week. I need uh, to see proof on the field. Um, this offensive line is just way too bad. And, and Carson Wentz, poor guy, I feel for him. If he's not getting that ball out in like 1.5 seconds, um, it's, it's going to be a long, long day. Feel you on that. Next one on the board, we have the Denver Broncos and those Pittsburgh Steelers with another great defense. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious about this one. Um, um, let, let you start, man. Where, where are you going with this one? I'll go to two things that I, that I think – actually, I'll go to three things that stand out for me on this one. Uh, the number one thing is that Pittsburgh's defense. I believe that Steelers' defense, like we said earlier, they are headed to uh, Super Bowl status, I believe. This is a, an elite defense. Coming into a year like this without training camp, without everything, I believe it's hard for defenses to gel. Uh, I think it's going to take a while for everyone to get together. But a team like this, I think they're a few steps ahead of all those other defenses, so they can uh, get off to a quick start as, like we saw. You keep someone like Saquon Barkley to that kind of rushing yards, that mm-hmm. doesn't go unnoticed, and I mm-hmm. don't think that's uh, some kind of fluke. So get ready for uh, Melvin Gordon to be shut down. I have yep. him on my sit list. Me too. Wouldn't start him unless you absolutely have to. I think this is going to be a very, very tough matchup for him. Uh, along with that, my second point – to, to ride with the Pittsburgh here is uh, Ben. Ben's mm-hmm. back. He, he came out. He showed that he's back. He showed that he can hit these receivers. He's got a very good connection with Deontay Johnson, Juju. very good connection with Juju. That goes back to a couple years now. And I think he's, uh, he looks seasoned. He looks mature. He looks, he looks comfortable. He looks like he's not necessarily with something to prove. He just looks like, you know what, I'm here. I know that this is near the end of my career. Let me make the best of it and kind of lead these guys to and see what happens. So I'm looking forward to Ben having a pretty good year here. I don't think it's going to be one of those years that we talk about where he's throwing 5,000 yards or something like that. But I actually do think that uh, statistically it might not be that type of year, but production-wise he might have a better year. I think what they have, efficiency-wise, thank you. I believe what they have right now with Deontay Johnson, with Juju, with Claypool, uh, we'll see what happens with him, but I do think there's some upside there. Uh, but I am really, really, really high on, on Ben uh, having a pretty efficient year in Pittsburgh being a, a solid squad. The running back injuries, mm. that one scares you. Scares if me you, to death. If, if you didn't expect, Connor, not to expect injuries, you never want to wish that on anyone, but yeah. uh, if you didn't think that it was a possibility, then you haven't been watching football. That's it was right. a possibility, you know, and I did think it was a possibility. I never never wanted to wish that on him, but I did think uh, it was one to, to stay away from and be, be weary of. Um, but yeah, moving along, my third point, the one I'm really excited about, Deontay. I'm Deontay, I'm Deontay, I'm Deontay. Mm-hmm. I think by the time this season is done, we are not going to talk about that other guy uh, that used to be there, that, that yeah. 84, you know, that, that dude that was pretty good, but a little different. Clown Tonio, uh, I thought his name was? Yeah, something like yeah. that. But yeah. uh, Deontay, that guy, <laughs> that guy, I think is number 18. Yeah, that guy. He looks good. So yeah, uh, if you if you if you're looking for someone that that could have a big big year out of nowhere, that's my guy. I've been so keeping he, that one to myself. So I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback your point right there because I'm a big fan of Deontay Johnson as well. Um, good, good, and good. then you have Chase Claypool. 
So here's the thing. I, I put a tweet out a couple weeks ago because I saw in training camp, the limited training camp that they got, I saw Claypool and Ben doing the back shoulder fade over and over and over again, and it became automatic. It legit came automatic. I mean, we saw his first catch in the NFL on, on that Monday night, and, and it was a, a beautiful back catch. shoulder fade. Yeah, beautiful. it was just beautiful. And it was, it, this is what they've been practicing. And, and I honestly believe simply because – so here – let me let me backtrack. So I, I don't think it's a, it's a certainty, but I think that it could happen, and we could not see Juju on this offense next season because mm. of because of Deontay Johnson and because of Chase Claypool. I think that these two talents are so good. It's it's reminiscent of the Antonio Brown Mike Wallace saga that they had, where they let Mike Wallace walk and they kept Antonio. I think we could see something of a similar trait. But Juju definitely lifted up his stock in that first week because I wanted to see it. I hadn't seen it yet. We haven't seen it yet. Him being the true number one without Antonio Brown with Ben in the back. Uh, we hadn't seen it yet. And he caught two. But granted, it is the Giants. So I'm, I'm, I'm giving him a little bit of a pass on that one. I want to see it against top end uh, uh, coverage. I want to see it week in, week out. I want to see if he can be the guy because if he isn't, um, then, yeah, I mean, Deontay and, and, and Claypool are definitely going to make a case for him not being a stealer next season. Oh, Deontay all day. <laughs> all day long. Next one we had is Carolina going up against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They hurt me last week. I expected a lot more. What I saw was Bruce Arians looking disorganized. I, it, it looked as though this offense have it has so many pieces, so many talented players that your disorganization came with your uh, uh, want to feed every single piece. And I think this was the problem. And this is what we saw Tom Brady getting frustrated guys running wrong routes. They'll clean that up. I'm not too worried about that, but I mean, you're not utilizing you didn't utilize Leonard Fournette. You're still going Rojo. I think that's a big mistake. Um, you didn't use Gronk. I mean, that's your chemistry piece number one. This week, we don't have Chris Godwin. He is listed on the doubtful. I really don't see him playing. Mike Evans should have a bigger role, but I do see them improving a lot. Um, going up against a, a Panthers defense that, to me, is, is hot garbage. Um, I, I won't sugarcoat it at all. It, it, it's terrible. They, they are building, obviously, new head coach, new staff, and they need to, to go in the right direction. And they're starting, so, I mean, I'm not going to hate on it because we expect them to do uh, uh, not as favorably. They lost to Vegas last week. Um, so, I mean, this is a good tune-up game for the Bucks, in my opinion. The defense for, for Tampa Bay is extremely underrated, in my opinion. I think the, the secondary with the youngsters they have in Carlton Davis and, and that Murphy, uh, I can't remember, his, it's a high Native last name. Uh, um, I, I know you're talking about. I can't. I can't pronounce. Yeah, either. Murphy something. He, he Murphy but he, Bunting or something. Bunting. Like thank you. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And and he he literally was locking down the wide receivers. It was unbelievable. Michael Thomas was having struggles uh, getting open. So when you're when you're shutting down Michael Thomas, and that was pre-injury, he was yeah. he was healthy and he was getting locked up. So I mean that that run defense has always been sound and 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 solid. So. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is obviously going to be your go-to. You're never putting him on your bench for fantasy, and, and he's going he's gonna to try to eat as much as possible, and he could probably squeak a touchdown or two. But, I mean, from, from my perspective, I'm looking at Tom Brady and company getting on the same page, building the camaraderie and chemistry, and, and pulling out the victory. Yeah, I, I, uh, I definitely think that everything you said has valid, valid points there. I definitely think there's a, a reality where all that takes place. Uh, a lot of – a lot of the analysts I've been hearing are saying 
they they see this as a bounce back week and a big week for the Bucks. Um, I might be trending the other way. I believe I did pick Carolina to cover on this. Is that right? I think I did. Yeah, uh, it was eight and a half when we looked at this. Yep, and there's just something, is. yeah, there's something about Teddy Bridgewater that I like. I've always liked pre-injury, post-injury, uh, pre-Drew Brees, post-Drew Brees. I thought he was was great when they when he went down. He uh, there's something steady about him and and in his character. You just kind of see it in him when he's playing. And then I think uh, we well, we don't have to think about this. They have the best back in the league, of course. So you you, you put the best back in the league on, on the field against a defense that, like you said, it's underrated. It is definitely underrated, but he knows this defense. Yep. Christian McCaffrey's he, he's played this defense every year. He's he's gashed this defense he a few has. times in the past. So I think he'll be ready ready for them. What I saw from uh, Tampa Bay, let me tell you. Tell me. Oof, that was not pretty. That was, that was not pretty in many different ways, in my opinion. Now, uh, as, as a guy that likes sports quite a bit and likes basketball, I play a little basketball, watch a lot of basketball, I feel like uh, what I'm seeing in Tampa Bay is like an organization that thinks you can uh, build something overnight like a basketball team did. Yep. I don't know if that works in the NFL. There's 50-something no. players and a, and a lot of adjustments that have to be on the same page can't just grab a couple stars like they do in the NBA where LeBron calls his buddies and they all get together and then they go win a championship. Yeah. And that's what I thought I saw in week one. And I think that's going to continue. I'm not calling no upset losses here. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that at all. Now I do think Tampa Bay has too much talent when matched up with Carolina to lose this game, yep. but I don't think they have enough chemistry and enough understanding of how to use this talent to dominate in the fashion. That everyone thinks they're going to right off the bat without, without, uh, the season, the off season that I think is much needed for football, much needed for football. Mm-hmm. And uh, to piggyback off that, now we got the update today. Luxury of getting that update that Chris Godwin's out. Yep. And and that to me was their best receiver. Uh, I I do love Mike Evans, and I do love what he brings to the table. And overall, in their careers, obviously Mike Evans has been more productive. But in this current stage of their careers and what they are going to do in this offense moving forward, I believe Chris Godwin was their best option. And I think they're going to miss him, miss him sorely um, in this game. So uh, I think that uh, that hurts them. It keeps the game a lot closer than people think. Uh, I'm taking Carolina to keep it uh, within that uh, nine points, see what happens. But uh, I'm not a Tampa Bay lover this year. I think Tampa Bay is going to have a lot of ups and downs. Yeah, see. And, and for me, I'm, I'm, I'm taking your point about Godwin. I agree with you. I think he's a fabulous talent. But I think this is the best thing that could have happened to Tampa Bay. I don't like cheering for injuries, but I think that this forces them to alter their mindset. How can we move this ball without one major piece that we were counting on? And now you can see some chemistry building. Um, mm. If I'm if I'm wrong, I mean, okay, but it's Tom Brady. So we talk about you were saying LeBron. LeBron comes to a team and, and the whole team changes. Um, Brady is not going to accept laziness and and losing. He will not. He's going to push everybody on this roster. And without Godwin, I think we actually see a more of a dedication to Gronk. I think we're going to see Fournette on the field a lot more. And and I don't understand why he's pushing Rojo. Bruce Arians needs to get out of his own way because Leonard Fournette is the best running back on this offense, um, bar none. 
and, and people who think otherwise, I mean, you need to just go and look at Leonard Fournette's tape. I mean, he's a volume back. He's two-time thousand-yard uh, rusher. People want to say injuries are the concern. It's not. He missed eight games in his second season. Outside of that, it's been a handful. So he's not injury-prone whatsoever. He, he showed he can catch the ball now from the backfield, catching over 70 passes last season. So this is something Tom Brady can definitely use. Be like Phillip Rivers. Do what you are good at. Throw the short passes. Throw to your tight end, and then that will open up the outside. Allow these teams to understand that you can hit them in multiple ways, but focus on two uh, 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 options first, and then start to evaluate afterward and, and move it around. That's how I think Tampa Bay will be successful, and I'm very curious to watch this game and how they do it because uh, the, the Panthers are a weaker defense. So where do you got uh, Scotty Miller then? I like Scotty. I like Scotty a lot. I mean, he's super fast. Um, I think Brady and him are just going to form that chemistry because Brady releases that ball so fast. I mean, what is his release? 1.5, 1.6 or something. Mm-hmm. When you get a guy that fast going across the middle against linebackers, I mean, it's a mismatch all day, and that can help support the, the Mike Evans and, and the Godwins later and the on. the Godwins. Right? So I'm I, very curious to see how he – he gels with Brady. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting how it works. And I'm, I'm, I think this is the game. If they don't find something in this game, and I know it's only week two, but, I mean, if you go 0-2, we've seen the stats. Your Super Bowl oh, yeah. uh, uh, percentages drop through the floor, right? So, I mean, this is a big one for me for Tampa. Next one I had, Tennessee hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't want to spend a whole heck of a lot of time on this one simply because the Jags are what they are, but you go ahead. How are you seeing this game uh, pan out this week? I'm big Tennessee guy, big Tennessee guy. I, uh, I was big coming into this year with Tennessee. Uh, AJ Brown going down is going to be a huge loss to them. Hurts. Um, what, what, uh, what you did see though, it was beautiful. was uh, the emergence of Corey Davis. I hear it's a contract year for him. which might have something to do with it, but he was looking like, Corey Davis that you expected him to look like. That, he actually uh, signed. Game. He signed this offseason. I thought it was his contract year too, but he had four okay. years. Yeah. Okay. So he, okay. he got paid and now he's playing. So he got this paid is and he's playing. Okay. Well, Corey's feeling nice. I, I read today that he's off the injury report. He's, he's all right. So I, I do think that his rapport with Tannehill looked like it was, it was spot on. They have something going on there. They ran the same route over and over again against that Denver secondary and they could yes, stop. Yes, they did. Um, couple that with Obviously, probably the most dominant running back in the NFL, Derrick Henry, and a very, very efficient uh, Tannehill. I just don't see how this team can blow a, an opportunity like this uh, to go two and zero. They they had kicking woes. <laughs> we all yes, saw they, in week one. That's cool. and uh, it was nice to see the kicker make the last one go through and, and hang on to his job and get the win for everybody. We can go home and, and breathe breathe easy for one more week. No. Uh, I do think Gostelsi, that was just a nightmare night for him. I think he'll shake that off. He's been too good for too long to, to let that just ruin, uh, ruin his season. So I think he'll, he'll shake that off. And I see Tennessee come back with a dominant performance this week. Yeah, the A.J. Brown thing really hurts. I mean, uh, he was basically not targeted last week. Um, he was an afterthought in the offense. I found that very surprising. But, I mean, obviously it worked against Denver. I mean, Corey Davis was the key guy. He made things happen. Derrick Henry, again, we saw him. This is, the, this is what we've come to expect with Derrick Henry, the slow starts. Um, and then by the time you hit, like, week seven to week eight, he's full throttle because all the defenses are, are tired and beaten. And, and then he starts, he starts running free. I like this team as well. I mean, the, the biggest thing I saw was Jadavion Clowney. He was mm. all over the field in week one. 
Um, you couldn't stop that, man. I think it's a, it's a beautiful match. I think uh, I'm, I still like the secondary a lot. I think they got so much talent. I mean, they're missing a few pieces at the linebacker position. I would have liked to have seen an upgrade, but I mean, they're on the ups on the defensive side. Um, as for the Jags, I mean, I just, I don't see them being competitive. I think last week was the anomaly. I think that they are going to struggle. Um, and Tennessee should win this one rather easily. They are a minus seven. I am taking it and running to the bank. I agree. Uh, sleeper pick here for fantasy. I would, if you're in a deep league, I look at Tannehill. I think mm-hmm. he can have a very efficient, productive game. And in, in most leagues, PPR or, or even standard league, I look at Corey Davis now that AJ's out and going against that Jag secondary. I know that one corner, that rookie that we were talking about CJ in Jacksonville, Henderson, Henderson is going to probably be on him. Um, but I still like the matchup. I got to go with Corey at the vet and just the chemistry that he built with Tannehill and then them focusing and having to focus on that run game. Now, if you go back to the old Jalen Ramsey's uh, edition of that Jags D and you remember how Derrick Henry used to run through them, yep, he's had some big games against that Jacksonville defense. I don't see how it's going to change this week. I, I definitely see Derrick Henry still having a pretty big game. Mm-hmm. And with that said, I, I, they're going to have to load up the box and that, that's going to give Corey one-on-one. So uh, I would play him in uh, fantasy this week for sure. Yeah, I, I, like J- I like Johnny as a sleeper this week. Oh, I think, and Johnny. Yeah, yes. I, I think, I think without A.J. Brown, I think this is where we – I was hoping that Johnny was going to have a breakout season this year anyway. I was, I was predicting that this offseason. I think this is a game. It's the opportunity. If he doesn't, if he doesn't produce in this game without A.J. Brown, I think this is now a problem and I can – I can start to actually uh, believe that maybe he isn't what I think he is, um, but I'm definitely looking forward to that. Next one, we have the Washington football team against the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray and company looked fabulous in week one. DeAndre Hopkins just lit up the stat sheet. He had 14 for 151, a touchdown called back. Um, Kyler was running free. Uh, he looked good. I'm a huge Cliff Kingsbury guy, have been since he came to the Cardinals. I, I, I watched a lot of his college stuff. Now he finally has the air raid offense he's been looking for. So many weapons. I love this offense. I'm a huge backer of it. The way that he adjusts his, his systems. Now you have a true number one with Larry obviously uh, aging and not being what he used to be. Um, you have youth in the, in the cupboards at the receiver position. You have Kenyon Drake. The offensive line looked a lot better against the 49ers last week, and that was a big test. I, I like this Cardinals offense a hell of a lot, and I think that uh, it's going to be an interesting match against the team that sacked Carson Wentz eight times. <laughs> well, yeah, let's, let's go with the NFC East leading uh, Washington <laughs> football team, the only team in the NFC East with a win. Undefeated. Um, yeah, that's not going to last, guys. Let's, uh, let's get serious here with Washington. Like I said, that first half, was more so uh, the real Washington team, in my opinion. I, I definitely think that what happened in the second half was a mix of a great defensive line, a lot of energy, and some really bad play by the Eagles. Now you're not playing the Eagles this week. Sorry, Washington. This, this, this team that you're going against this week is actually looking like a very serious uh, offense here. They're not going to allow you to run around and sack uh, the quarterback eight times, and they're going to put a lot of pressure on you with Hopkins. Uh, I'm a big Drake guy, too. I think if Drake stays healthy with the offense that he's in, he, he's looking like he's going to have another uh, another productive year. And then with with, uh, with Murray, you can't – what can you say about Murray? If he's going to throw the ball that productively, I don't know how you're going to stop him because the kid can just run all over the place. You can't see him back there. Yep. He's hard to see behind the old lineman, and he just squirts out. And 
what he made grown men look like in that San Francisco game, like grown, <laughs> talented, dominant men that play for the San Francisco 49ers. And he made them look like they, they had no chance at moments in that game. Yep. Between him and Hopkins, that was scary. Uh, if you're a Zona fan, you got to be excited. You got guys like Christian Kirk and Isabel that aren't even touching the ball. That's right. They're not even touching the ball. Scary stuff. That's scary stuff. And, I, and I, I'm a big football fan, big football guy, and I can't even name your tight end right now. So <laughs> that's telling me that your offense has just got so many pieces. I'm a Chase Edmonds is a great talent. You, you switch him in. He's a mismatch. Good they got they, – they got – they just got so much going on right now. I like I like a lot uh, a lot what's going on in Arizona. And then the defense is it's not it's not the best. It's not great. You still got Patrick Peterson back there. You still have some pieces. Uh, I'm a big Budapaker guy. I think he uh, is a very productive very productive secondary player. He can play in the box, play out of the box. I noticed him making plays kind of all over the field. Yep. I just don't see how Washington can uh, can match up. I think Terry McLaurin is is a is a talent. Um, Patrick Peterson's probably going to shadow him, so yeah, it's going to be a tough. I, just, day. I don't see how they can put up enough points to, to keep up with Clisbury's uh, offense there. Uh, I definitely, definitely take Washington and, and say this is not the week that they uh, they can cover this one. Agreed. Uh, I mean, I, I do like Chandler Jones on that defensive zona, and then they got that youngster Isaiah Simmons. He is rising. Isaiah, up. I, I like this kid a lot. He's a baller at the linebacker position, and then you, you like you said, you, you team him up because he's kind of a tweener as well. So you team him up with Buddha Baker, and I mean, you can cover half the field just with those two guys alone. Right Next one on the board: the Baltimore Ravens and the Houston Texans. I mean, this is criminal. How does the Texans get Kansas City <laughs> and then Baltimore week after week? Uh, this is going to be a tough day. I think, I think we're going to, the only thing that I want to really discuss about this game, because we, we, we really know, and I think we're on the same page, Lamar and company are going to do damage. They're going to win this game. I don't think that Houston can, can keep up even with the weapons that they have now. Uh, my biggest problem on both sides of the ball, uh, Houston first, they didn't use, utilize their speed. I mean, that's my biggest problem. You got cooks, you got fuller. I mean, you can, you can stretch the field and then use DJ as your, your over the dump passes in the middle and you can you can you can actually be productive offensively but we didn't see any of that in week one I'm very curious to see how that's going to happen against the Ravens Um, as for the Ravens I'm very disappointed in how they ran the ball Uh, Mark Ingram he was basically non-existent they looked like uh, coach Harbaugh when the when the lead came for the Ravens against the Browns he really wanted to see what his young rook could do in J.K. Dobbins and he looked good he uh, I've been a Dobbins guy as well um, I think he does allow the Ravens to cut bait with Mark Ingram after this season and Dobbins will be your starter. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's that, I, I, but I, it's very curious to see an offense that was so dominant 596 rush attempts in 2019, not have that same, uh, uh factor and scheme last week. I'm curious to see how we're going to see it this week. Yeah. That, the, uh, the Mark Ingram effect, I didn't know if it was Cleveland Baltimore or Ingram, it was, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, like you said, this team is just too dominant. Uh, we definitely, definitely see Baltimore running away with this game eventually. Uh, just Lamar Jackson, that offense is just too much. I loved what I saw between him and Andrews, yeah. and uh, and the receiving core is going to take a step forward. Um, so I think Hollywood Brown looked looked good last week Very too. So good. I definitely think that that's going to bode uh, some issues for that Houston defense that we all know is kind of taking a step back. Um, but yeah, like you're saying that the running game, we're gonna have to see that get on track. I, I want to see Ingram take a step here and, and show us that he's still the Ingram of last year. And I, I do see him 
uh, coming out this week and having a solid production, but it's trending towards that going towards uh, Dobbins. Him getting the goal line carries was big. If you're a fantasy Huge. guy, I would I would plug him in this week still. If you have in a flex spot, I would definitely play him. I personally am in one of my leagues. I'll have him in that flex spot. Um, on the Houston side of things, that was that was that was disappointing to say mm-hmm. the least. Uh, Fuller. Fuller looked good. I think Fuller, if he can stay healthy, I like him in that offense. DJ looked good too. Yeah, DJ looked great. And, and I, I liked how DJ – I thought they could use them even a little bit more than they did. Um, but, yeah, moving forward, it sounds like Duke might be out this week. So, DJ is going get, to get, get some more touches. So, it, they definitely just got to spread that ball out. You can't have uh, DJ facing any stacked boxes here in Baltimore. He, he's got to be able to go against uh, you know, a six, seven-man front at best. Especially with that speed. You have Kenny Stills as well. I mean, I don't understand why you're not just going spread out and then then let DJ eat. But I'm sitting DJ this week. I have to. You're sitting DJ this week? I am, yeah. Yeah, okay. In all formats or? Yeah, even going to PPR. I mean, he might get the garbage time, but I'm just too scared. I I can't, based on the numbers that Baltimore provided, I got to sit DJ this week. I I was scared until I I heard two things. Um, One, I do think that the, the way they're going to spread the ball out, hopefully from reading their, their game plan, potentially that, that bodes well. And then two, uh, Duke Johnson, he sounds like he's pretty banged up. So it looks like the increase is going to be there for, for, I didn't for hear that. Yeah. I didn't hear yeah, that. So yeah, I, I think I'm um, pretty positive Duke sitting out. So David's going to get a lot more volume and just, you always want someone who's going to get volume, right? So Absolutely. if he even gets one touch with, with the volume and he should bode well. Um, but I, who I am scared to play this week is actually, uh, the quarterback. So Deshaun Watson, I, I that's mm. one. If you, I'm a little, I'm a little taken back on that one. I don't know if he's going to have the kind of opportunity to throw touchdowns in this game. So be worried about uh, playing him if you don't have to. Yeah, it's a scary, scary situation. <laughs> Moving from one awful situation to another, Kansas City going to LA to face the Chargers. I okay. spoke to you about this earlier today. Um, Tyrod Taylor, you know me. I am. <laughs> I have seen this game for far too long. Um, everyone continues to want him to produce. I like Tyrod as a person. You can't hate Tyrod. He's a good leader. He's, he's a good guy all around from what you saw. But I just can't support this guy anymore on the field. He lacks everything you want in a quarterback he can't throw intermediate he struggles to to support that uh, over the middle uh, pass um, he's too afraid to make the mistake so that hinders your team the only thing Tyrod is really good at is taking off with the ball and throwing that deep pass because it literally still is one of the better deep passes in the NFL we saw Mike Williams take that um, but I mean, this is, this is a recipe for disaster. Um, LA's defense, uh, will maybe keep up for a quarter with the, with Patrick Mahomes and company. But I mean, that's even being generous in my opinion. I think that this is going to be a blowout and we could actually see rookie Herbert, Justin Herbert, come make a, a, a appearance in the fourth quarter. You're predicting a Herbert appearance. Okay. Ooh, bold. Okay. Um, I agree with, uh, with everything you're saying there. I definitely think that, uh, Based on the history, Mahomes sounds like he hasn't had his most productive games against the Chargers in the past. Sounds like that's a team that has his number, never threw for 300 yards against them. I don't see how he can read those uh, headlines come into this game and not just shatter that. Just from everything I've seen with Mahomes, the whole team is healthy. We saw what we saw in that running back. Clyde. So it's going to be a pick your poison. You want to, you want to get picked apart by Mahomes, you want to get picked apart by Clyde Eric Blair. You're not going to be able to stop both. Uh, I can't see any way Tyrod can manufacture enough points 
with the style of play that he brings to the table to, to keep up in this game. Um, maybe you're going to get your, your wish. He's going to have to play different. If there's any hope that Tyrod can do something, he he's he going to have to play different in this game. They're going to, I don't see how they're going to manage the clock and, and, and run the ball and play that style. So he's going to have to open up the, the airways and start chucking that thing around. So he's yeah, he might be right. You might be right. We could see Hebert come in and, uh, and get a get a look there. Yeah, he's too afraid. Tyron's too afraid to make a mistake. I mean, he's gonna try. He's gonna try. And I mean, with with Tyron Matthew, I mean, it, it's gonna be shadow game all day long. Um, they're gonna have more than enough to handle that. So I think this is gonna be a route early and often, and and potentially rookie Herbert comes to play. Sunday Night Football, New England Patriots, Cam Newton going against the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson. I like this contest a lot. I'm very uh, uh, curious to see how Cam actually performs against a team of this caliber. Um, I liked what I saw from Cam. He was looking healthy. He was running uh, well. Uh, We didn't get to see enough of the pass to make it uh, known how this offense is going to be manufactured this season. But this is Bill Belichick. This is vintage Bill Belichick. He uses the pieces he has on his roster season over season. He doesn't overthink it like a lot of these coaches do. They want to change what the players are. this is Bill Belichick and, and the New England Patriots are going to be competitive from what I see. Um, but I still like Seattle. I mean, when you saw what they did against the Atlanta Falcons, that pass that Russell Wilson threw to DK Metcalf was just on point. He, this We're was down. right. It was like an MVP Ooh. season. It was just beautiful. Like week one, I'm calling him MVP. That's how good he looked. Right. I mean, it's silly, but it, that's how good, damn good he looked. Uh, I think that Seattle will take the pie from cam. Um, I think it's going to be a Seattle victory. Um, but how are you seeing this one? So I'm going to say this and try to be uh, not too, too overly emotional, I guess, with this. But I think Russell Wilson is going to dominate. Yeah. I think this is, this, this is the Russell Wilson season, like you're saying, MVP. I think this is uh, – a and, and when I say dominate, I, I, I was telling people, like, what you saw is what you're going to see. This is that year for that team this quarterback, this offense. Um, and I don't think Bill doesn't matter. That's, that's the kind of offense I'm seeing in Seattle. Bill Belichick is just a name when, it, when he's going to play against this team. And, he, and that's saying oh, a lot because you know what I mean? No, he, Bill, he's, he's a legend, and he can stop anyone. But, you know, when there's, there's – football has, has its ebbs and flows. Every year, there's a, or every couple of years, there's those teams that you know when they hit that stride. It doesn't matter what defense they're playing. They're in, that, they're in their pocket, and they're going to be putting up points. So when you play them, you either score with them or you lose. That's and that's right. how I feel you're, you're looking at the Seattle Seahawks. They're not a team that a defense is going to dictate, in my opinion, is going to dictate kind of what they're doing this year. They're going to kind of dictate the tempo, and you're going to have to keep up with them or get that key turnover type thing. Agreed. But they're not – I don't see them being held down, even even playing a team as, as powerful as New England. I, I just see Russ and that team going off. And in terms of uh, Cam, he he's an interesting one. I think Cam showed us that he's uh, quote-unquote back. He looked healthy. He looked mm-hmm. strong. The passing, I'm not sure if that was all just game script because there was moments in that game after a big phone by Nikhil Harry that the game was not in hand. Yep. And they still didn't necessarily open up the passing and do things the way that they, you, you would have hoped. So I'm a little weary on that, that offense if they need to open up the playbook. If the, if the game script isn't in their favor and they can't power run and run cam and do those types of things, I'm weary. 
Yep. And this is the week that you're going to see it, I believe, because you're going to have to score points to keep up with Russell Wilson. So uh, I got New England here probably looking up at a 10-point deficit and, and trying to chase Russell pretty much the whole game. Yeah, and the biggest things, the biggest takeaways from week one that I saw from Seattle was the installation of the pass game to Chris Carson. We haven't seen that before. Um, um, it was, it was a, a dedicated script for Carson to be involved in the pass game. I loved it. I think it adds a huge dynamic to this offense that they didn't have. Um, and then you have Jamal Adams. Everyone wants to say yeah, that, that, right? And, and everyone wanted to say that the, the Seah- Seahawks got uh, uh, murdered on this trade. But, I mean, he's generational talent. I mean, you change the entire outlook of a defense with a man of this caliber. And it was, it was proof. I mean, yes. It was, it was obvious proof. They called right. the defense around his talents. They, exactly. they don't, I don't think they call the schemes that they call if they have a different player in that position. Absolutely not. And I, I get it. Okay. So they did give up uh, 100 yards to three receivers to the Atlanta Falcons. I get it. That's a problem. But yeah. I mean, overall, the defense was still very sound. I mean, Adams was all over the field. He was, he was rushing the quarterback. He was playing nickel. He was playing linebacker. Like, I, I just think those are the two biggest things. And as they move forward, those things are going to continue to gel and they're going to continue to be a problem for the opposition. Last game, man, is Monday Night Football. The Las Vegas Raiders open their new stadium to Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints minus Michael Thomas. Um, This one's interesting to me because I think that they're going to have to manufacture points elsewhere. This is a massive loss for this offense. I don't remember a time that we haven't seen Michael Thomas on the field, so this is going to be something new. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is definitely going to have to play a bigger role, but I think they're actually going to go more Camara. I think he's going to have a massive role, and Jared Cook, revenge game going up against his team start, wink, wink. He is going to go off as well, but I do I like it. the I, I do like the Raiders organization a lot. I, I think they're moving in the right direction. Henry Ruggs and, and Brian Edwards, huge fans. Josh Jacobs, I'm a massive fan. But all in all, I think this New Orleans defense is far too polished, far too good. Um, they're built to go and compete for the Super Bowl this season, uh, barring health issues, of course. And I think even without Michael Thomas, I think the Saints roll and they do it quite comfortably. Yeah, no, I definitely see uh... – See that as a possibility. I believe uh, I went with the Raiders to pull uh, an upset here. All right. I think I, I, when I went with that, I was uh, under the uh, speculation that our boy Henry Ruggs is playing. I thought, you were, I'm getting, I thought you were going to say you're under the influence of something. <laughs> uh, maybe the influence that Henry Ruggs is playing. No, there you and, go. Uh, he, uh, he showed me something, a little flash, a little wrinkle, and I was excited about his potential. And now they're saying that he has a knee injury he suffered in that game, and he hasn't practiced even as, as uh, recent as today he hadn't practiced, which scares me now. Yeah. Um, if you're not practicing as late as Friday, now we're looking at uh, a problem yeah. there. And, and with uh, you know Tyrell's on IR, we're looking at Brian Edwards, rookie that had a lot of flash in, in training camp. But week one, I think he had one target. Yep. So we don't have a lot, lot to go off with him. Uh, Waller, obviously, he, he's a he's a quality guy, and then Jacobs is a stud. And Jacobs, he, he speaks for himself. But uh, with with that injury, now I'm a little I'm a little worried about their offense manufacturing points against a very very high potent offense in uh, in New Orleans. Um, now without Michael Thomas, that is the reason I did go with this because we knew Michael had the high ankle sprain. He was yep. talking like Superman here earlier that he could play through it and all that, but we we got the reports that that's not happening. He's not right. playing this week. So I, that that was the and my initial thought was. That Saints offense with him looked like they were a little disordered outside of Kamara. 
there's a little there's a little something with Drew there that didn't look quite right. He hit a big throw to uh, Jared Cook in that game uh, against Tampa that that kind of changed uh, the flow and helped his production. But overall, I didn't love Drew's performance. So something there showed me that uh, maybe he might be because there's always got to be that day, right? We, yeah, no coming. one wants to say that day's coming. It's coming. It, it, no one wants to say it is, but it's it's gonna come. <laughs> And I, I'm not trying to peg it as now, but there was something in that game that told me Drew wasn't quite right. Add Michael Thomas to that, and I, and I was a little skeptical. I did like what the Raiders did at home. I loved how they ran the ball. Yep. I do like what they're building over their young, young defense. They, they haven't quite figured it out, but I do think there's some great pieces on that defense too. Um, yeah, heck, I'm going for the Raiders for the upset here. Whoa, that's bold. Well, Michael Thomas is everything for the Saints in, in EJ's opinion, that's for sure. Well, we'll close her out, man. I mean, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. It's always good to chop up football with you. I mean, we'll oh, have man. you on again for sure. Love it, love it. It's always a good time, man. Awesome, man. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore ADF1. You can find the show on Twitter at ADF Underground. To all the listeners, thanks for all the support. And on behalf of my guest, EJ, and until next time, stay humble, stay peaceful, and take care of each other. I'm out. One love. <laughs>